Versace. RuPaul. Well, you geezer, I guess the cat's out of the bag Which now one? with you dancing. It is. You've been, uh, well, well, yeah. Um, yes, I'm going over there too. That's right. Well, when I say there, now, here I, to do, London. Yes. Do you? Because <laughs> we're in London, aren't well, we? Well, but uh, I think our audience is sophisticated enough to handle the fact <laughs> that we're that not we're, there. We're all over the world. Yeah, we know. are all over the world. Um, uh, are you a good dancer? I, well, I have rhythm. Okay, that's a no. I have rhythm. Yep. You know, rhythm is the first and the most important thing. Well, rhythm is a dancer. Yes. You know? So, I, you know, for me, I didn't I didn't grow up as a dancer. Yeah. You know, I grew up dancing in nightclubs. I know, and, and you've, I've seen you dance on, on television before. Yeah. I've seen you dance on the theater, on the stage. Yes. So you are a dancer. I, I Why think- do you have a problem saying you, you're a you're not a dancer. Well, I'm not a dancer. Oh, you mean like a dancer. Right. Yeah. Because that's the truth. I'm not, I mean, you know, I did my lessons to when I was like seven. Yeah. Or starting at seven till, you know, oh, seven Oh, and I saw old. the picture. Yes. She's on my phone, but yeah. like. Well, um, when you were dancing in the group seduction. Yeah. See, that's. Who choreographed that, that stuff? Who choreographed it? <clears throat> who choreographed it? That was hip hop stuff. And that was choreographed by a bunch of different people. The first choreographer we had, his name was Obadiah. Obadiah, Obadiah, <laughs> Obadiah. I knew you'd like that. Uh-huh. Obadiah did the choreography for- Is that a name in the Bible? I mean, it sounds like it would be. Like Je- I know Jedediah or, or, or Jeremiah, who or was a bullfrog, Amish. by the way. He you was. Know, Jeremiah was I knew a bullfrog. Him. He was a very yeah. good friend of mine. Very good friend. Very good friend of mine. <laughs> um, he did the first, it takes that. Oh, I love yeah. it. It's, that's the signature move. And the girls hated it. From the seduction group. Correct. So then Obadiah got fired. He got, he got fired for that. He got fired, bedayed. Um, <laughs> Wait no. a minute. He he got fired for giving you guys your signature. He got fired move. because. Kind of, did you never heard of him again? N- never heard of him. again? I wonder what Obadiah is doing right wonder now. Wonder what he's eating right I now. I wonder what he's having for. I lunch. have an idea. <laughs> you dirty but mind. But I don't know it to be a fact. Uh huh. Um, and then you know who came in? Who? Stretch. Fossey. Stretch. I wish. Oh my God. Stretch and flex. Arms, stretch Armstrong. And flex. And stretch and flex. They're a team, obviously. Flex Alexander. Yeah. Who is married to Shanice. Who really? Michael Jackson in that horrible TV. Yes, Flex. Him. He called Boys him- in Outer Space. Wait a minute. Yes, so follow me. So before, before Flex became an actor, he was a choreographer. I thought and he was he a was rapper with, first. He was with Stretch, Flex and Stretch had a choreography team together. Stretch was in the New one. In New York? Yes. Stretch is the one who choreographed Mariah's Dream Lover, and he's in that video. Oh, too. yeah. Uh-huh. There's a part in the field. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Stretch is the brown skin guy yeah. in there. Okay. Yes. How it all so comes they together. they did the whole tour choreography where we did all the big, you know, the bigger moves and sure. the humping the floor. Humming the floor? Humping the floor. Oh, humping the floor. Yes. All that was from Flex and Stretch. Yeah. Okay. So I think Obadiah went to the, here's the really shady part of Uh-oh. it. Uh-oh. The girl that was one of the original girls in the original seduction, because you know the story, right? Yeah, vaguely. Uh, it was uh, um, Odiah, o- Obadiah. No, Obadiah was a choreographer. It was Ardalis. Nope. There were three girls because- Seduction's theme, dun, 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 okay. dun, dun, seduction became a kind of a hit club song. Yeah. And that's on the album? It's on the album, but Idalis recut it. 
It was her one song on the album. No, she had two songs. She had that one and One Mistake. One mistake is all it takes. Mm-hmm. It's all it takes to break my heart. Sound uh, familiar? Uh, nope. It wasn't and, a single. And she, did she sing? She, she sang? She sang that One okay. Mistake song, but she yeah. talked in Seduction's theme. Okay. So point being, <clears throat> there were three girls because the Seduction's theme became a hit in the clubs. Yeah. Local hit, just in New York. Yeah. So <clears throat> there were three girls put together. Okay, you said that three times. None of them which made the cut for the actual seduction that did the album, Me, I, Dallas, and April. So they had three girls out there doing seduction's theme. They thought they were going to be seduction because uh-huh. they were being called seduction. And they, then were they, they were doing the having, club circuit. They were doing nightclub gigs. Then they had auditions going on behind the scenes for the actual seduction who was going to record the record. Now, the shady part comes, if that wasn't shady enough, once we became a group and he fired the original three girls. Yeah. They had one of the original three girls come in to choreograph us. Ooh! Is that Obadiah. Sh- is that shady dealings? Obadiah. And then her name was Tony. And then when Tony said, um, no, I'm not going to be doing this after meeting us, not realizing at that mo- moment we were actually seduction yeah. and she was out of a job. Yeah. That's when Obadiah came in. Okay. Then when he, the girls <clears throat> were not happy and the production wasn't happy with that, then they brought in Flex and Stretch. Yeah, yeah. And they did all our tour stuff. Well, you know, um, anyone who's ever been in show business can tell you stories about that kind of shadiness that happens uh, with groups especially. You're in New York City. You can't pick another girl to choreograph your girl group than the one you were... He, he, They called her in to choreograph the group that she didn't even realize was getting made into yeah. a group that she was in. right. That's shady. That is shady. They're they're basically yeah. They're called in. She's called in to rehearse and train the people who are taking her job. Yep. And she didn't know it. She didn't know it. She didn't know. How it. Did, at what point did she find out when you guys did the the Obadiah move? When we when she started when we started doing the Martha Wash song, "You're My One and Only True <clears> Love," <throat> and then Seduction's theme was there. She was like, "Hold on a minute." Uh huh. What are you guys called? Uh huh. Seduction. But she thought she was being pranked. She thought she was being punked. Uh huh. Yep. And um, did you ever see any of those girls again? Never saw. I never met any of them. I had seen them perform at the tunnel, though. I remember it vividly because I love the song. Yeah. Um. We. Tony was in there that once. That girl, Tony, and then that was it. Then Obadiah came in. But you know, a little. Do you remember? The Lydia Lee Love song, Don't Take Your Love Away. I know the name Lydia Lee Love, but I couldn't put a song, a melody with her. It was my favorite. Before Freestyle? they were CNC, yeah. Uh-huh. Before they were CNC, they were called the 28th Street Crew or something. Yeah. And she's talking about the Clavillis and Cole, CNC Music Factory. I have no intention the, of giving them any more credit. They're than they the deserve, people, they're but, people who produced and put together this girl group seduction. Correct. And that's who we're talking about. So they had done this song. <clears throat> it was my favorite freestyle song, Lydia Lee Love. Mm-hmm. So when I realized that they produced it, I asked if I can remake it for the record. Yeah. And um, I recorded it and never made the cut. Mm-hmm. And it made me really sad because I love that What's song. What's the melody? There's something new that you opened up inside. I just could leave the feeling that I just can't hide. Do you remember? No, Don't that, take your love away. That's the, the hook is... That's the, the verse. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, remember. I remember the name. I don't remember that. But, um, you know, anyone who's ever been in show business uh, can tell you those those horses. That's it. You know what? There should be a, an anthology series like The Twilight Zone about- <laughs> About the horrors of being the in horrors of the show group business, situation. Of situations where you, you get, 
you get gagged by the shenanigans and the shagaggery. Shagaggery. That happens in show business. The obadiary. The obadiary of it all. Yeah. You know? I wasn't prepared for half the shit that happened. Well, no one is prepared because these tricks, it's almost like the Republican Party where there are all these tricks that are pulled on unsuspecting people because of their... Uh, their fear or their superstition, yeah, you know, especially in show business with young kids, because uh, there are a lot of tricks you can pull with young people who don't know, especially if it's a production deal, right? What people don't realize, which I was in, yeah, a production deal is where, let's say, a group called um, uh, the Yellow Frame, okay, a musical group called the Yellow Frame, they're producers, right, and they. Uh, they have a record deal. They have a deal with a record company. And then the yellow frame will go and subcontract uh, a girl group. We'll call them the um, the butter. We'll call them reduction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So let's say the group that's signed to the big record company is called um, uh, the B&B. <laughs> B&B. Danish factory. (laughs) (laughs) The B&B Danish factory has a deal with Q&R records. Q&R records. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then they hire a group. Reduction. They they hire three girls and they call them reduction. Reduction. But the real money here, y'all, is going from B&B, from from Q&R records to B and B, B and B exactly Danish because company. they have the deal, and then uh, the B and B Danish company mm-hmm. can pay reduction yes. whatever they want, pennies on the dollar, pennies, pennies on the penny, pennies on the penny, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reductions are thinking, well, look, I'm in the music video. This will last forever, forever. I am going to be the new Madonna. I'm going to be the, ma- I'm new, the new Rihanna, Mad- or let's say not the new Madonna. Let's say the new um, Alicia. No, nope, definitely no, not. Was no. definitely not big enough. Uh, I'm the new Carly Simon. No, who wanted to be Carly <laughs> Simon? Okay, all right, all right. The new. The all new, I ever wanted to be was the new Madonna. See, this is see, my fantasy. We were going from a hypothetical thing to all of a sudden it turns into real okay, life. The new Lisa Lisa. <laughs> Rochelle. Rochelle, that was in reduction. It was in reduction. She was the blonde that was in reduction. Yes. Lovely. She wanted to be the new Lisa Lisa. Right. <laughs> So things didn't turn out as planned. Right. And no one told Rochelle yes. or any of the other reductions that yes. uh, that they could be fired at any time and they could and be called in correct. to choreograph the new girl that they the new girls they yes. hired for reduction. Because everybody was replaceable. Everyone's in replaceable. Reduction. Yeah. That's right. But not in B&B Danish factory. No, no, because they, they were ha- making money hand over fist. They had the deal. They Correct. were the ones with the deal. Correct. You know? it, it sucks that uh, we're not the only ones that signed a production deal back then. Everybody yeah. signed. I signed. I, was, I had a production deal with Larry T uh, on a record company called Cardiac Records, which was a subsidiary of uh, Virgin, I believe. Um, uh, this is before Tommy Boy? This is before Tommy Boy. And um, uh, I had a song. I don't remember the name of the song. Uh, maybe, was it I Got That Feeling? Okay. I think it was called I Got That Feeling. All right. And it wasn't my record, even though it had my name on it. 
it was Larry T had the deal with That's Cartier. the thing. Yeah. This was never our record, even though we were the group and the producers forced themselves into the music videos and all that shit. Yeah. They were brilliant producers and songwriters. Yeah. Oh my God. And the best. even more brilliant <clears throat> remixers. But um, it was never about us and they didn't want it to be about us. I remember at one point the girls saying, shouldn't we like tell people our names? Not uh -huh. just being seduction, like uh -huh. Michelle Idalis yeah. and April. And yeah. they're like, no. Nope. Not necessary. Not necessarily. We don't want you to get too big. Yeah. You guys, um, we don't want them, the audience to get too attached to you because soon you'll be choreographing the new reduction. Correct. Like Menudo, you'll be aged out. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, so the choreography that we did in that was hip hop, you know, club dancing. Club dancing was my thing. Yeah. How much, how much were you guys making? Uh, uh, how, how much did you guys start out making a week? Is it that how you did it? Week, uh, week, we week? got paid a thousand dollars a week. A thousand dollars a week. A week. The whole duration of reduction. That is it. One thousand dollars a week. week. How many weeks were you in reduction? Uh, two years. That sounds like math. Well, fifty-two weeks a year. Yeah. Hundred and what? Hundred and four. Thousand dollars. No, hundred and four weeks we worked. Okay. I remember our last show was at a place in Boston on New Year's Eve. Stocks and Bonds in a place, that's what it was called was the, in Boston. The venue was called Stocks and Bonds. It was a bar. A club. Yep. Or a bar. It was like a bar club. Yeah. But it was always packed when we performed. We had a great audience there. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember looking at the girls like, well, this is it. Because oh, you knew this was the we end. We knew because we weren't going to move on because we wanted, it was time to do the next album. It had been two yeah. years. You yeah. can only milk four singles for how long? Yeah. So time to do the next album. And all of us said no, because if you're not going to let us write, we're not going to do things and it's not. Yeah. So we were going to litigate and it just was so expensive. And by then, Idalis had already left. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Noah was... Idalis only lasted six months before they let her go. Idalis was in the group for six months. Yep. They let her go. Yep. Why did they let her go? Because Idalis was a sassy and still is Puerto Rican girl from... from Brooklyn and yeah. she didn't take any shit. So Idalis would go into radio stations and be like, why are you not playing our record? The entire country is on this record. Why are you not playing it? To mm -hmm. the program director. And they're like, uh, calm down. Like, mm -hmm. and they didn't like her attitude. Mm -hmm. And I fought, what she doesn't know is I fought really hard because she's the one who told me about seduction in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I think she felt like I should have walked with her. Mm -hmm. But I said to them, I think it's really unfair what you're doing. I think you should talk to her. You know what I mean? And I talked to her. Um, and they just didn't, they just weren't having it. And right. it just ups, it's upset me and it broke the group up. It was yeah. just really, I loved Sonoa. She was amazing mm. and she can sing her ass off. But like I, Dallas was the heart and soul. Yeah. It was really sad for me. But you did um, uh, stick around because you were in another group with them uh, called Soul System. Yeah. So after Seduction broke apart, interestingly enough, I, Dallas and I were both working at Goldfingers. And- um, Which was a strip club. Which was a strip club. I didn't strip. I- hosted the hot oil wrestling and she was a bartender. She didn't strip either. Bring your own oil. Bring your own oil. It was actually baby oil and uh -huh. it wasn't hot. It was yeah. just squirted out from a <laughs> yeah. container. But I had a lot of power there because I was I had the microphone. Yeah. So I enjoyed my time there. I learned a lot from those exotic dancers. Um, but then I left to go do the bodyguard, the Soul, soul system, system project. Yeah. And what was she doing? She wasn't stripping there. No, she's bartending. Oh. She'd been a bartender in all the clubs. Yeah. When I met her, she was a bartender. Yeah. That was the gate. The gate. The, the gate spirits are coming to yeah, get exactly. us. Exactly. All right. Well, um, uh, producer, um, what are we? We're taking we, a break and we'll come back and we'll continue. Yeah, okay. We'll take a break. All we'll right. be right back. Listen, you guys hear Rue and I talk about this all the time because it is that important and it does mean that much. And we're talking about mental health. These days, 
Everyone knows that your mental health is just as important as your physical health, sometimes almost more so because it can dictate your physical health. But scheduling in-person therapy sessions can be inconvenient, not to mention very costly. Thankfully, there's Talkspace, the online talk therapy platform that's with you 24-7. Talkspace knows therapy is not a one-size-fits-all, and it shouldn't be. You should match with someone that feels good for you. So whether anxiety, depression, or other mental baggage weighs you down, Talkspace can help. Their therapists are trained for every need, including those I mentioned, you know, depression, anxiety, LGBT-specific issues, and so many more. And unlike traditional therapy, Talkspace is entirely online from your phone or computer. Here's how it works. First, you create an account. You speak to a matching agent that they're going to help you identify your therapy needs. Next, choose a plan that suits your budget. Both messaging and video-based plans are available depending on the level of support that you want or need. And finally, Talkspace will pair you with the best suited therapist based on your needs. You can start right away and you can message them anytime. Join over 1 million people who already feel happier at Talkspace.com. You'll get 24-7 access from your phone or computer to a licensed therapist that fits your needs. And you'll only pay a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. Don't forget to use the promo code RUE for $100 off your first month. Download the app or go to Talkspace.com, promo code RUE. You all know we love our Squarespace. Making a website has never been easier. You too can make a gorgeous website in minutes using their beautiful templates and simplistic drag and drop platform. When you are ready to purchase a plan, you can get 10% off with the offer code RUE. That's Squarespace.com, offer code RU. Oh, we're back. We're back. Um, I thought this was, oh, Michaela Cole is coming She's up. She's coming up, yeah. I see, yes. I see. Right. So, so we were bar- back in the bartend, so then I left in 92? You left what? Goldfingers to go do the Bodyguard soundtrack. I music. see. It was a group concept. Yeah. They, they lured me by saying, this is your solo project. Mm-hmm. And then when I got into the thing, I was like, this is not Michelle Visage, this is a group again. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to be the lead. Well, that's not, then just let me do- yeah. My project. Mm-hmm. I don't think they really ever believed in me mm-hmm. as I think they knew that I had what it took, looks, attitude, stick with itness, you know, balls. But I don't think they ever thought that I was a good enough singer. I, You know what? I don't think that's the case, Michelle. I think that they were always into it for the short term thing. They know that they knew that pop stars are a dime a dozen and that you don't want to invest too much into them because they come and go. And the public is so fickle. So um, their game plan from history has proven is to um, hit it hard and get out. Hit it hard, get out. And that's what the record companies feel. uh, And that's uh, how the entertainment industry works. Used to go be years ago before Soul System and Seduction that uh, record companies would, uh, would groom artists to be around for the long haul. That, in fact, with Aretha Franklin, who they knew had a lot of talent, not a lot of charisma, right. but had a lot of talent, they stuck with her for out. She was on Columbia for many years. Um, not a hit, no hit records. She was she signed to Columbia. I think her first record was 1960, and she stayed there for five or six records until 66. What was 67, the first hit? And um, then she left. They were gonna up her. They were gonna. Redo her contract. So where'd she go after that? She went to Atlantic. And what was her first hit? Her first hit was uh, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Loved a Woman or something. Right, sounds right. Yeah, Uh, I Never Loved a Man, uh, whatever. And then Respect happened. So Respect was for a natural woman. 
Uh, child, don't give me any line. Okay, I'm okay, reading okay, the book okay. again. Okay. I'm reading the book. But uh, the first number one. I never loved a man the way I loved you. Was that, uh, was I never that, loved a man the way I loved you. Was that the first single? Yeah, that was the first single. And it was a hit. It was a hit on Whoa, Atlantic. What a voice. What a voice. She had a voice on Columbia too. She did. It was always there. But they Columbia groomed her, groomed her, groomed her. They they didn't put her with the right producers, the right this. It just wasn't right. When she went to Atlantic, they put her with Jerry Wexler and he knew exactly what to do with yeah. her. And um and then uh she did the Otis Redding song Respect, which he had done before. She turned it into a number one hit she in the sure United States. She sure did, and it's still going. And then it kept on, and, and that's how her thing. But my point with all of this is that years ago, they would develop artists and they would invest in them. But the, the new model was um, the audience is fickle, get it while you can, and then move on to something new. I was still young, though. Like, I had it. I you had did, it. Absolutely. Do you know what I you mean? You could have been developed and all of that stuff. And before David Cole passed away... Um, we, they called, they flew me. This was really weird. Like I didn't know he had been ill and they flew me to Los Angeles to be in things that make you go, no, do you want to, do you want to get funky? Yeah, yeah. Right. For CNC music factory. Yeah. They flew me B and B Danish factory. They flew me mm-hmm. to LA from New York, mm-hmm. put me up in the hotel Nico, mm-hmm. which was fabulous. Mm-hmm. I had nary a cameo in that video. Because Billy B um, couldn't do my makeup because he was doing Zelma, and I was really upset. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had somebody else do my, and I, you, you see me for a blink your eyes, I'm gone. And did it, Billy end up doing your makeup? Nope, because he was busy doing everybody. I was so upset, mm-hmm. but whatever, because Billy had been my makeup. So artist. who did your makeup? Somebody. Uh-huh. Um, I had my blonde hair. I remember wearing like a bikini top in it, and I remember after it was after we filmed all day, I stayed after because we were gonna, you know, all go back to the hotel. And David Cole, who. Robert was the one I got. He was my partner. Like, mm-hmm. we got on really well. He was my partner in crime. David pulled me aside. And I was always scared of David because David always kind of, he spanked me all the time, not physically. Mm-hmm. But he would say, you are not Madonna. You are not this. You are not that. He made sure that I was in check. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get along because of it. He was mean to me. Mm-hmm. And then um, towards the end of his life, rip, he pulls me over and says, um, I just want you to know, and he looked me dead in the eyes and said, I just want you to know that not only are you just as good as Madonna, you're you're better than Madonna, and mm. you could be 20 times bigger. Mm. And I was like, now you tell me? Like, mm-hmm. why, where, where was this the whole time I was in seduction? Like, where mm. was this comfort? And he, I said that to him, and he said, I didn't want you to spiral out of control. I didn't want you to get an ego. Right. I didn't want to lose you. Yeah. So I had to keep you where I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh my God, I spent these past however many years thinking I just suck mm-hmm. and I just don't have the talent and I'm just not good enough. Did you pursue other record companies no, or because anything they, else? I was scared to. Let's let that plane pass. Yeah, yeah. You were scared I to was, pursue. Again, choosing fear. Yeah. I had been almost like beaten into a corner mentally by thinking I wasn't good enough and that I wouldn't be signed anywhere else because I was just a marginal talent. But even after Soul System, and that was a big hit, Lovely Day, 
um, why didn't you pursue Tommy Boy or Big Beat Records? I didn't know how to. I didn't know where the first place to start. Like I remember being friends with this guy called Jason Flom from Atlantic Records, and he was pretty big up there. And I I became friends with him. You know, nothing more. And we like would have a laugh. And I was kind of like, I'm looking for a deal. Like it never happened. And I had I had demos. I had a hit record that was a demo. I had two hit records that were demos, but nothing ever came of it. And I remember meeting with Mercury and meeting with these people, but nobody ever did anything because I feel like I feel like the word was out, like to not give her a chance. Oh, but you know now that wasn't true. No, but I also didn't pursue it greatly enough. Yeah, no, that that I, I can blame myself, but I was also scared because I'd been whipped into thinking that I didn't have what it took. Yeah. You know, that I wasn't good enough. I always had to be with somebody else. Right, right. Yeah. That was that was on you. I know. It was a shame that I was 19 when that happened. I feel like maybe if I was 25 when that happened, it would have been like, excuse me. Well, but you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, you've always been such a go-getter and, and that surprises me that you wouldn't have taken that and, and shopped a deal because everyone knew uh, in the village at that point that the thing to do was to get yourself a demo and shop that thing around. Didn't know how to. Didn't know the first place to start. Again, like I tried. Well, you start you, you start by making some mistakes and then quickly you learn. Yeah, you I know? guess after it, maybe it wasn't as important as I thought it was. And I ended up doing radio from there. And that ended up, I loved it. Mm -hmm. and, and I was on the other side of the music. And since I had been in front of the camera, so to speak, you know, on the other side of the mic, um, it was fun for me to interview artists that I had done what they just did for mm -hmm. five years. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it was interesting. And I love doing music and I love singing, but I felt like, I felt like a puppet. I felt like I belonged to somebody else. Well, you did. Yeah. You were. <clears throat> and you I think that put a, a bad taste in my mouth because it was like, my only experience with music was a platinum record, gold single, biggest soundtrack of all time. And this is what, I have nothing to show for it mm -hmm. because I was a production deal. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You can, you know, the girls. Well, that's why I think of an HBO series or something about the 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 road of broken hearts in the entertainment entertainment in the entertainment in the entertainment industry. Oh, the road of broken hearts. Could you imagine all the stories that could be told oh, about? So many. And they're all the same stories. It's all the ego getting uh, out of whack, like yep. like David Cole trying to keep yours under under wraps. Yep. It's all about the ego get, um, spiraling out of control to where you can't keep your eye on the business aspect no. of it. I was glad he he said that to me though, because it was almost like he needed to do it. Yeah. For his soul and yeah. his consciousness. Yeah. And I needed to do it as a release because it was literally sh shackling me, like chaining me yeah. to thinking I was just not good. I had these, yeah. the biggest producers in the world right yeah. now. Yeah. And we have a huge record and they're doing every remix for every huge artist, Aretha, yeah. Natalie Cole, Mariah. You should have just stepped on over to full force. I should have just said, Lisa, Lisa. You better move over, Lisa, Lisa. Give me your boys. Uh -huh. I'm ready. Yeah, because who else was hot back then? I mean, Joey Gardner and- um, I mean, I did a record with TKA. You did? Yeah. That's right, you did. did crash. That's right. Produced or written, produced by Joey Gardner, written by Technotronic. Right. And I also did a record with Sapphire- you did. I coached her. Now, okay, that's her name was Sapphire. I used to call her Sapphire. Sapphire. Because it's spelled with S one F. S-A-F-I-R-E. Yeah, Sapphire. Sapphire. I coached her on, it's a record called, I didn't do it with her. They Boy, you've been me. told? 
No, it was called Taste the Bass. I was her rap coach. It was her Ooh, first rap record. I like that phrase, Taste the Bass. Taste the Bass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so wonder what Sapphire that. is eating right now. I don't know. She's lucky she's eating some delicious because she's Puerto Rican rice and beans. Uh, if she's lucky. Yeah. If she's smart. Yeah, because her big hit was Boy, You've Been Told. Boy, I've Been Told. Boy, I've Been Told. Yeah. Something is the thing to do. Uh-huh. What is it? Penicillin is the thing to P- do. Perfect. Yeah. Great. <laughs> perfect. She, boy, I've been told. Leaving, yeah. leaving is the thing. To- I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. But, um, All them records. Sapphire. I'm going to go out and pitch a series like the Twilight Zone. Okay. Where it's like every the week. Twilight Zone? Yes. Why don't we do a docu-series on it and talk to the real people? Well, because it, it has to be, uni- no, we can't talk to the real people because that's not interesting. You, it has to be a reenactment. <laughs> that's not interesting. You, it has to be a reenactment. So it's universal for everybody. It's not specific to one artist because it's the same story. If you talk to the real people, they would all tell you the same story. But if it's a docu, if, if it's a um, reenactment, it can be um, different music genres, different eras. You can change things around. So you want to you want to do it like there was a TV show. No, you're not going to. You're not even going to know this. Just as a cautionary tale thing. It's like it's like uh, what's the um, Tyler Perry movie Medea? with Janet Jackson? Um, oh, Poetic Justice. Arms too short to box with God. Okay, what was the? Uh, mm-hmm. the oh, the, when the rainbow's not enough. Okay. Uh, wait a minute. What's the Janet Jackson and Tessa Thompson is in it that you first saw her in it? Um, Google. Yeah. Hey, Google. (laughs) Hey, Google. Hey, Google. (laughs) What is the Janet Jackson movie? That was my Italian accent. Was it good? Yeah, that was very good. Thank you. Are you Googling it? No, no, he's, he's not, not even paying attention anyway, to us. Um, I will. Um, it's, it's, uh, oh, for color girls. For color girls. It's called For Color Girls. So it's called? Yeah. But it's, and it's like the women of Brewster Pre- Place where it's these different venues and shot off stories, offshoot stories of the women. I know exactly what you're talking about, how you're yeah. setting up, like the women of Brewster Place. Yeah. So <clears throat> I like that idea. Yeah. I like it. No, and it could be great. And it could be different guest stars. It's like drunk history without the booze. Right. You know. Which is with good music. Good music and real, um, it's not a comedy thing. It's Listen, at the end it's of the a, day. Basically, it's a horror it's a story. It's a horror. Yeah. It's, but there was some good music that came out of it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And those days were tough. And it was a lesson to be learned. You know, I told you, I, I grew up hearing all the stories of the Motown stars. and what they're, they're, By the way, ours is on par with theirs. It is. It's the same story. Uh but I grew up knowing these stories and so knowing knew I was not going to make those See, same mistakes. See, I didn't know those stories. I wish my mother did know Diana Ross and the Supreme story. I wish she knew all the Motown stories because for me, you know, and TLC probably grew up knowing them and still did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you make a you make a trade-off. You do make a trade-off. Listen, I made a trade-off. Uh, you know, when I signed to Tommy Boy, they part of the deal was they would get half of my publishing, not the other writers. They would get half of my still publishing. still signed it. I still signed it because what else was coming? That's my point. Like, wh- I was 19. Yeah, but I, I took that shit yeah. and I turned it, I parlayed it into something else. Yeah. I didn't stop there. So, um, yeah, they get half of my publishing, but then after that, they dropped me. So that was the end of that. After the Supermodel album. Yep. And then I went over to Rhino Records where I got all of my publishing. Right. And I have continued to record. Now I'm the motherfucking Now you're record independent. Company. I do, it's my record company. You just release it digitally. Digitally. And I do some vinyl. But yeah, that's, um, that's how it's done now. Yeah. 
That's so, everybody does it now. Yeah. So uh, it is you a cautionary learn. tale. So you live and you learn. And luckily, you kids don't really have to worry about it as much these days. No, I think they still do in Our other ways. Our production deal still. I know, like Doctor Luke and the whole Kesha drama. Was that a production deal? Yeah, he was signed to her. She oh. was signed to him. Yeah, she was signed to his he label. Had the deal. He had the deal with Sony. That's what I mean. That's another yeah. production deal that it always. Besides the personal stuff that happened, it always screws you up when you sign a production deal. I've never seen it work positively. It's like, it, well, it, it worked positively in my deal, my situation. It wasn't a production deal, but I had to be willing to give up something. But you only signed one album. One motherfucking album. I signed like three. We didn't do it, but I would have been there for three albums. Yeah. Now, for the Soul System thing, I didn't sign. It was a much better deal. I yeah. will say that. Yeah. Well. But still. The, the bottom line is you have to... Uh, you have to know what you're signing yes. and you have to also know what you're willing to give up to get it and, and, I be, gave and, up, and be okay with it. I gave up everything, everything. I gave it up. But I, and knowingly because I wanted to be a pop star mm -hmm. yeah. and that you do what you got to do. And when it's your first one and you're 19 years old and you didn't grow up knowing about the history of music and blah, 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 blah. All you wanted to do was sing and mm -hmm. dance and be a star and go around the world touring. Um, you were like, tell me what to do. I, mm -hmm. I'll do, you know, and I am that person who likes to make everybody happy. So I was like, I'll sing whatever, what song? What, uh, tell mm -hmm. me what you want me to sing. How? how? Ah, okay, I'll do, ah. mm -hmm, you know, I'll mm -hmm. do whatever you want me to do. Yeah. Because just like you said, what was the alternative? The alternative was I don't have a record deal. Right. Because somebody else will be in there. The alternative is you're stuck in uh West Plainfield, New Jersey. South even. South Plainfield, yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, I didn't know there was a West one. I got to check that well, out. Well, there must be one. Yeah, I tell you, it's like it's like purgatory. Yeah. You don't want to be in West Plainfield, New Jersey. Uh-uh, no, you don't. You don't. You don't. You yeah, got to no, be in no, South or North. Yeah, you in South or North. Nobody's even heard of West Plainfield, no. New Jersey. Purgatory. Yeah, it's purgatory. It's purgatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure there are kids out there right now. Because I did, I signed a production deal with Larry T. I did the thing with Tommy Boy. But back I made then those it was sacrifices. a thing, Rue. Back then it was a thing. Production it's still deals. a thing. Really? Yep. I yep. can't believe... I tell you what. Because there's still kids who are desperate enough to do it. And I understand that. I do understand it. But whoever's listening, don't do it. You're better off going on YouTube. You're better off releasing on YouTube. stuff. Yes, than, than doing it because something will inevitably go wrong. Mm. Because you don't belong to you anymore. You belong to somebody else. You belong to me. And and him and him and her. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? You should be so lucky. Right. <laughs> don't do it. It's like drugs. Don't do it. Go out yeah. on your own. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. It's all, all right. good. So we're going to go to a break right now. When we come back, we have Michaela Cole. I can't wait. All right. We'll be right back after this. You all know how much we love Squarespace, but what we love even more than that is getting the emails from you about your Squarespace websites and about your Squarespace experiences. We get some great ones at RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com. So keep them coming in. And I'm going to read one right now. It says, hey, Ru and Michelle, first of all, I love, love, love your podcast and the both of you in general, bringing me to life every time I listen. Wanted to write to tell you all about my website that I made through Squarespace, otherwise known as the best website creation platform ever. I wanted to create a website that would allow readers old and new to discover more content and really immerse themselves in the world I'm creating. Squarespace has given me everything I could have wanted and more. I've been able to embed my book trailer, my soundtrack, plus images and promotional pop-ups. And the best thing is that it's been all so easy to do. The system is laid out really intuitively and so quick to get to grips with. After just a few clicks, 
clicks. You're left with a very professional, very modern website. I absolutely adore it. I'd be honored if you'd like to look at it. It is adventuresofedwardbrett.com. Adventuresofedwardbrett.com. Also, just caught up with your episode with Jerry and Navi is definitely an old word for a laborer who worked on the roads or the railways. Love you both, Matthew Frazier. Bye. I love that, guys, and we love your website, so please keep sending them in. The emails go to rupaulpodcast at gmail.com. You can get a free trial with no credit card required just by going to squarespace.com, and when you are blown away and ready to confirm a plan, use that offer code RU to get 10% off. Thanks again to Squarespace, and keep sending us your websites. It's squarespace.com. Offer code are you? Michaela Cole is here. Yes, Michelle. you know I'm a big Michaela Cole fan. You know her from Chewing Gum. Yes, You're the one who told me about I it. I did. You know, and I found oh, it, was you. it was me. I found you know with Netflix. Yeah. You're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's Ruth, so much. So much. And Ruth's got a show coming out on Netflix. You get overwhelmed by it. So what? this is something for you to know, too. Okay. What I get drawn in by, when I go rando, which happens all the time, I get drawn by the picture, the cover picture. The cover picture. Uh, and I'm like, that's how I found Nighty Night uh-huh. um, oh, on Hulu. It's on, oh, on Hulu. It was on Hulu. Uh-huh. And now I'm going back years. But I go by that. And it was Michaela's face oh. for chewing gum. And I was like, this looks interesting. Then I saw it was British. Yeah. And I got more interested. And then just... The ridiculous uh, episode one of season one yeah. is ridiculous. Oh, yes, Beyonce. Yes. And you yes. are just fully there and fully oh, committed. Yeah. I fell in love with you from the minute I saw it. And then Her Black Mirror, she's done two. Uh-huh. Her, and I'll let you all talk about it. But Her Black Mirror with Bryce Dallas Howard is probably my all-time favorite. Yeah. Apart yeah. from the one that won. Oh, the, uh, uh, the um, San, 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 San. Oh, yeah, San Junipero. San Junipero. Yes, 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 yes. Which was amazing. Yes. But yes. yours was... Really, really. I mean, it's not mine. I was in it. Yeah, but you were really cunty in it too. (laughs) I know. I enjoyed it. it. That's actually when you guys spoke about um, me on the podcast. That's when I first came across you guys because the whole world was like, "You're mentioned on RuPaul's podcast." All of England was like, "What is that?" And they were like, "Mikaela RuPaul." And uh, then I dived deep into the world of RuPaul's Drag Race, and you didn't get out. I haven't left. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Michelle is an Anglophile. What do they call American files? What is that called? Oh my god. Do you know, What's an American file? I guess, well, she loves everything British, yeah. so they're called Anglophiles. Oh. And Rue loves everything Australian, so he's an Aussie file. Aussie oh, wow. file, yes. What's an America file? What is an How America? about an, an Amerifile? <laughs> does that sound? Because there's a Francophile file? for France. France is a Francophile, yeah. And oh. there are lots of files out there, but I don't Ones think- Ones that we don't like. We don't like a lot of, of the files. Now, so we uh, became aware of you from Chewing Gum. Yes! And I was just reading that that had been something else before it was the series that we know on, on Netflix. That's right. It was um, a play. So I was in my final year of drama school and we were doing all of these plays and- Here in London. In London, that's uh-huh. right. And I thought I want to do something that's a bit more- the world I knew because yeah. I couldn't see it anywhere. Yeah. So I wrote this like 10 minute, really dark comedy called Chewing Gum Dreams, which was like as outrageously funny as it was like just quite dark and heartbreaking. Yes. Then yeah. I left school, dropped out and um, found this like pop-up theater on this industrial wasteland in Hackney. Uh, some guy was trying to like make a theater. So I said, can I please do my show here? And I yeah. stalked him for a while. And then he let me. So wow. 
Yeah, yeah. It's cool. And so now, does bubblegum dreams allude to coming from a very strict background and not being able to chew bubblegum? No. Chewing so gum? Let me let me tell you about Chewing Gum Dreams, why the title is as such. Uh-huh. So I had a poem called Chewing Gum Dreams, and it was set on a really high-rise estate, and I saw, like, these kind of angels, you know, with hoods on, as we often wear in East London. Yes. And on their wings they had... Um, uh, popularity, um, uh, gold chains, money, drugs, riches, wealth, uh, women, blah, blah, blah. And they also had um, love, uh, passion, um, vulnerability, friendship. And there's so much on their wings that something had to give way. So they would chuck off the things that society tells us mean less, which are mm. things like vulnerability and mm-hmm. dreams and love. And so I would see their and dreams and I'd see them falling off you know cascading off of the window and then plummeting into the floor like chewing gum where they're trampled on by night trainers before you hit the intercom when you go in so it was kind of dark no that's dark but it's so profound because you know it's you know dreams die first don't they with people why is that maybe because uh there's I think it's 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 vulnerable to dream isn't it Mm. when and you can't see the end you don't know if like there's no, you can't see the destination clearly. Right. right. So it, they're not it really makes us tangible. Think, yes. It's faith. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's, it's yeah. uncertain. It's, uh, it's faith. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's so interesting that because, you know, I've been grappling with that a lot recently, you know, being here in London and being, you know, uh, the things that people are focusing on politically and, and just even socially, it seems like we're going backwards. How do we reinvigorate young people with their dream, not only dreams, but hope for our society? What do you think? I know it's kind of a heavy question and, you know, but I just yeah. thought I'd ask you. You know, <laughs> I don't, well, A, I don't know, uh-huh. <laughs> but what do I think? That's the right answer. Yes, yes. I'm like, well, recently I was looking at um, Ghana and Nigeria, two countries in Africa, and just reading up on like the history in terms of these tribal wars between these countries and how we kick them out of our borders every like 20 or 30 years. And I was thinking, I didn't realize that this, we're in a cycle. It's like we come and we feel like we haven't been here before. We are just living and doing what everybody did before. You're right. And if we could see, no, everybody else did that. That's why we're in this shit position. That's right. Maybe we do something different like uh, love. I feel like the children don't have nurture. Love, you know. I mean, we've tried the conservative ways for so long. They just haven't worked, you know. And, you know, it's like the young mice always think they can out smart the mousetrap yeah uh, it hasn't happened yet right. no you're gonna <laughs> die yeah, exactly yeah. so let's try and do something different yeah. Like, yeah. like learn from people who came before you it will change your whole life you yeah. know ego gets in the way doesn't ego it? gets in the way and they think they can do it and it just it goes to shit so fast yeah. and i think that's where we are right now honestly it seems like it's a cycle and when you know what happened to us in america on mm. election day last time uh, you know it felt like oh uh, you know we hadn't learned from the past or we how are we still, here again how are we still yeah. here yeah. you know yeah. so but you know your work is really it has so many layers to it and uh, we talked about the the religious part because you grew up in a pentecostal background quite well i converted and then uh, my family converted after, actually. Converted to really? Pentecostal. Christianity. And then I converted out. So now I'm like just a whore. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, Michaela, we are sisters. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what's interesting about that? When you grow up with with religion, uh, with with really heavy duty religion, like Pentecostals are really heavy duty. That's the speaking in tongues. Stuff. Oh, I was, yes. and I was right there doing that. I yeah. Were you? That. Oh, yeah, hot. yeah. Were you faking it? You just said that. That was hot. <laughs> <laughs> That is That's so, so hot. hot. It is. <laughs> Say I, that again. I think so speaking hot. in tongues is really hot. I wish I could do it. So could you do it? Like, explain. Well, that. I can do the jokes. We would do joke versions, which was like, um, uh, Honda Zavica, Mercedes Benz. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we like doing that. Um, but no, I really was actually like, I feel like it's a bit like drama school. Yeah. Do you ever have these like classes where you just speak gobbledygook? Did you ever yeah, do yeah. that? Mm. It, I feel like it's like daring to just open your mouth and yeah. move your tongue and you don't know what's going to come. Sure. It's like, like it, an ad lib. Like, like an ad lib and there's no plans. Right. Yeah. But for like a normal person, that's a very odd thing to ask them to do. Sure. So like set up with prayer when you're really feeling prayerful and you, you are connecting to something, yeah. but the, the, mm. the, mm. the tongues. Yes. Um, I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense, but we can make any sense. No, want, no, right? no. Yeah, no, I get it. You know? um, but what's interesting is that you get caught up in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it just takes over. And it yes. does feel good. It does feel good. It There's feels, some kind of a release. There, oh, there release. is. Yeah. But don't you get that at like, I mean, talk about a concert. Don't you sure. get that where you go, whoa, this yes. is. <gasps> yes. I get that even when I write. And maybe that is the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, wow, like. She's everywhere. That's yeah. right. Yes, you're is. absolutely right. Now, I'm just wondering about the, the religious background, how it actually pops up. Because I've known people, I call it the Al Green syndrome. You know, when Al Green was at the height of his career, yes. uh, the woman he was living with mm. boiled. So he came home late because he was clearly out doing something uh -huh. he shouldn't be. Right. She boiled some hot water. And I think she may have put some grits up in there. <laughs> and she said she walked up into him and she poured it on top of the him. boiling grits, boiling oh. grits on top oh. of him. And he was v severely burned. Oh, my God. But uh, after that, he uh, he went uh, very, very religious. He came from a religious background, but he stopped singing secular music. It was just the height of his career. And he decided to. Well, because I think he felt that the grits were a wake-up call, as they would be for anyone. He betrayed his God. Or something. Mm -hmm. But he, and I call this syndrome, a lot of people- Do you call it the grit syndrome? It's, it could be called the grit, the grit syndrome. syndrome. I call it the Al Green syndrome. Okay. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people revert back. You know, uh, uh, people in my family have done this too, where uh, they can't see past- I don't know what the what it's, this hasn't happened to me, but I, they they can't see past what they already know, so they decide to go backwards, which oh. kind of describes what happened in our country politically. Correct. You know, mm. but what I'm I, my point with all of this, Michaela Cole, is uh, how how do you guard against? Well, I actually <laughs> it's hard to phrase, right? I know what you mean. It's hard to phrase because I don't know. You you may go back. You may go back to Shyamalan, Maling Dong, to, um, uh, Mercedes Benz, but yeah. about, about, you know. Well, look, I don't, uh, I, I don't think so. You don't think so? Well, <laughs> I like how you're like assessing me. Mm, <laughs> I know looks your body like of work. That shall not return. <laughs> I'm skeptical. <laughs> you know, no, I really like uncertainty. Yeah. I've learned, like, it's terrifying when you, when I first left church. Yeah. You know, I would tell people I've left and they would literally cry in front of me like, Mikhail. Yeah. No, right. but yeah. then, and then it's like, well, what, what is this? What, what am I living in? What's going on? And then I was like, oh, nobody knows. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. That is the sweet spot when mm. you are okay with not knowing. 
you know, because yes. I, you know, I pray and I yes, meditate, I do it, it all. Um, I don't have to put a label on what it is. I just have to know that that thing I'm praying, it's actually not me. I'm a part of it. It's not me. Right. And that is where the magic happens. I'm with you. Because you. Uh, it's a way to decode and to uh, take the uh, plug Turn, take the plug out of the ego. Yes. And what I think what really helped me do that is like silence, just being by myself. Absolutely. Meditation? Yeah. Me I mean, I didn't even really realize it was meditate. At first, I was just kind of forced into spaces where I didn't realize I'd be alone and that yeah. there'd be no one in the area. Yeah. And at first it was terrifying. Like I went to write um, Chewing Gum, the first season, mm -hmm. a lovely couple, very, very rich, lovely couple, mm. saw me do a poem. We're like, well, take our keys. We have a house uh, on Lake Tahoe. Mm. And so I Seriously? just- Oh, like, oh, the general, yeah, it's a- London for me is a very generous place. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I do a, a two minute poem and people, it's just lovely. Wow. Yeah, and it was America. So yeah. I imagine, oh, America, you know, uh -huh. the Americas. Yeah. Taxi, beep, beep, you know, Broadway, you know, America, you know, <laughs> mountains, Hollywood, New York and Hollywood on one street. That's what I thought. Um, but it was Lake Tahoe. Right. Yeah. And I didn't know, you know, they kind of warned me about like grizzly bears yes. on the way to the airport. And I was like, what do you mean like bears? Um, there was no there it was not in holiday season uh it was a like a mile long gated community uh -huh. it, this is a whole nother lifestyle for me yeah. it was insane i was so scared i left the house twice <laughs> and it was safe it's and safe. you were alone i was alone yeah oh. i was alone and i was terrified and then like after a while i was like why am i why am i scared yeah if the only thing here is me yes mm. why am i scared yeah of me, it's only yeah, me right. here. Yeah. And so since then, and actually in those two and a half weeks, I wrote first drafts of all six episodes of Chewing Gum Season 1. Mm -hmm. wow. So it made me, it brought me into a space and I didn't even really know I was going into another space. Yeah. Since then, I now travel alone all the time. I go to farms completely by myself to write. And now I guess, I'm obviously not afraid of myself anymore. Mm -hmm. And I... Do meditate now, but I think just the silence is like the gateway between, you know. It absolutely is, yeah. and that's why the people from the church, when you said you were leaving the church, that's why they cried is because of that uncertainty and because, uh, you know, uh, it the, the the silence challenges you to deconstruct your whole belief system. Woo! Yes. Yes, it's all gone now. It's just you. Yeah. None of the things you've wrapped around yourself that uh, make you feel like this is who you are. There's mm -hmm. nothing there. Yeah. It's just this other thing that you have not paid any attention to. Yeah. And your phone distracts you from it. Social media, scroll, scroll, scroll. Let me just reaffirm all the things I yes. already believe yeah. and I'm not going to be challenged. It, there is no silence. That's yes. right. That's right. Because people want to be plugged into the matrix, that thing, because uh, they. the truth is people aren't sure if they actually exist. So mm. they need this constant validation, validation yeah. to say, I'm here, I'm actually here. Or other people to say, oh, I'm here. But when you're alone, you have to pull that from inside between me down there. Yes, you start thinking, yeah, and actually I did find, whenever I'm scared when I'm alone, masturbation really helps me. It yeah. really does yeah. ground you. It's it like, this is an orgasm, I must be here. Yes, you're here, I'm, 
You're I'm real. Oh, yeah, I'm here. It's okay. I'm here, you know? Well, when you're on Lake Tahoe, and you tell me when we need to go to yeah. break. When we're on Lake Tahoe, how did you go get coffee and tea? And, and where Running did you- Running from the bears. No, no, I, I didn't. So you get a taxi from the airport to the place. And on the way, I stopped at the 24-hour yeah. Safeway. Did you Safeway, Safeway? Yeah. Safeway yes. girl. And I Hello. stocked up for two and a half weeks. Sure. And I never, ever left. Wow. So when you did leave the house the two times- Oh, it was- What um, did you do? I wrote to the owners and I said, I'm scared and I need to see another human. Is anybody else here? And they located a, a family. A human? A human, yeah. And I received a parcel, so I went to the like concierge. It wasn't a family of bears. I never saw no bears. <laughs> oh, the no, they were so sweet. And they were, you know, English living in, you know, Lake Tahoe, chilling out, retiring. Yeah. It was cute. Tea. Uh like proper English, English Aww, that I didn't nice. understand. I love it. I love it. We've got Michaela Cole here. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply apply for your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had a great candidate apply. And he had many. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. It's brilliant. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it is no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all size. If you have a business, look no further when you're trying to staff. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Rue. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-U. ZipRecruiter.com slash Rue. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are back with Michaela Cole, Michelle Visage. Michelle, your makeup is so gorgeous. Yes. Thank you. It's really I was good. just sitting here yes. staring at yours. Oh, and we're all wearing makeup. Michaela's in drag. She's got her drag on. Your makeup is gorgeous, Listen. too. I've never seen you look. I love her skin. So Gorgeous. Nor have I. Really? <laughs> no, seriously, yes. Because I was, she was like, do you want the natural look? Because that's what you always have to have. Right. And I was like, I'm on RuPaul's Drag Race. That's right. Yeah. Please, this please. Is the place to do I it. want you, let me be a yeah. vessel. Please yeah. just do your art. It yes. looks gorgeous. You Thank look you. look like a queen. You Thank are you. beautiful. African, though. African um, Enchanted Barbie yes. was the goal. And African wait, Elsa? African Elsa? Yeah. So I'm you're really telling ignorant. you mean to tell me Disney. Yeah, Disney yeah, stuff. Okay, no. Do you mean to tell me you've never been this dragged up before? No. Really? No, it's like I I either do a big, big dress, then yeah. calm down the face. Right, right. Or loads and loads of face. Yeah. And really, really casual clothes. And then these boots, I actually wore them oh, to I love I wore, those. Yes, thank love. you. Yeah. Um I wore these to New York City nineteen ninety. Um, my first BAFTAs. And Did everybody you? was like, What the hell are you doing? This is really inappropriate. And I was yeah. just like, Well, That's you. you know, I love you, but fuck all of you. Yeah. yeah. I'm Did doing you win this. that year? I did. Oh. <laughs> so you went up there and then. Yes. Of I did. Yes, girl. Yes. I think this is the beginning of the new Michaela Cole because 
it the, the makeup the, the it it really does suit you. Oh, thank you. It's gorgeous. Please take a lot of pictures. But I don't know how to do it myself. I will. I'll take those. Oh pictures. no, I don't know how to do it myself either. Right. <laughs> I'm really. I'm like. Oh, do I? I've got to like. This is expensive. It's worth it though. No, when you you will make more. This will make you money. Yeah, girl. This will make you. You get a beauty contract with this. I feel like. Oh, okay. Because that yeah. wouldn't just be Britain. Because Britain, we're all quite. You know. You know who her face reminds back. me of. Of Stephanie Mills? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. But I was also thinking, was her name Rashida, supermodel? Oh, yeah. Rashumba. Rashumba. Yes. Rashumba. Yes, Rashumba. I, I hear Stephanie Mills a lot and I yeah. see it too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I see Stephanie Mills. I don't know Rashumba. Yeah. Rashumba. She was, she was a big model in the 90s, in the 90s oh. and she hosted some television shows and oh, stuff. Cool. But it's it's worth it to pay. Now, let me yes. ask you this. Now, mm. I saw a poster of you for a movie called Been So Long and you're kissing on this gorgeous Gorgeous man. Yes. Tough job, Tough job. It was so hard. I know, I know. So it was hard though because he's my friend. Uh, oh, he is your <laughs> friend. Oh my god, how weird! He's, my, he's like the first actor friend I ever um, made friends with. We've been friends for like eleven years. Eleven years. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about um, gearing up for the kissing scenes, the lovemaking scenes. Did you guys have to have a talk first, or did you say, "Listen, um, you could do whatever you want. I'm cool." Did you have a discussion? Well. See, the first kiss is choreographed, uh-huh. so it's part of a dance. Okay. So that means there's like a, it's more like like a doctored kiss. So you're gonna uh, touch lips here, then you'll swing here. So it was kind of like, okay, yeah. so it almost means you're not kissing. Right. Then you just go for it. I mean, I really don't care. Yeah. I mean, look at chewing gum. The very first time I met Connor, uh-huh. uh, the very first rehearsal was me sitting on his face. <laughs> The, literally you did the, everything in that Yeah, series. and it was like, hey, I'm Michaela, Robert, nice to meet you, on your face. Yeah, on your face. oh my God. So no discussion. No oh, dis- no discussion? What, no about like how to do it? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, let's not pretend. Yeah. If you don't know how to sit on a face, you do not belong in my show. <laughs> <laughs> No, we know how to do it. Yeah, Connor, you've received you've received something on your face. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I'm gonna do that thing again. Yeah, that you do with your girlfriend sometimes, <laughs> probably right. Yeah, it's okay. Boom. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I love it. So, um, so does when you're doing these scenes and stuff, does does the religious thing ever pop back up and go, oh my god, what's what's going on? Or your family? No, no, <laughs> no. It doesn't. No, really. No. That's watching you sit on Connor's face. Oh, no. I mean, nothing. Maybe my problem is that I'm not thinking enough about what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I, like, no. No, no, Michelle, God wants you to sit on face. God I wants agree. you to do everything. I agree. God yeah. gave us pleasure spots. That's right. For a reason. Correct. You yes. Know? And to the architects made face. the seat. This is like an architect, like God's chair for yes. us. That's that right. is a face. Yes. It is God's chair. <laughs> it is God's chair. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so True. now tell me about about Black Black Earth Rising. Yeah. Tell me about that. Okay, so it is a TV show written by a man called Hugo Blick, who also had a show called The Honorable Woman, uh-huh. and that was about um, Palestine and Israel, and another show called Shadowline, which was about corruption in the police system in the UK. Yeah. This is his third big drama, and it's about the consequences of the Rwandan genocide. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I play... Kay Ashby, who's a legal investigator, who was rescued from the genocide, or that's what she thinks. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has no memory of her biological family 
where she came from, and she now lives in a very wealthy, uh, upper-class family with a lawyer as her mom. And she's trying to figure out her past, figure out why her mom is prosecuting people that she doesn't really think she should be prosecuting. Mm -hmm. And that leads her to discover uh, a truth about herself that she uh, didn't know was lying underneath. Wow. Yeah, it's, it really taught so me a lot. This is not a comedy. Oh, this is, there's moments of funny, John Goodman's in it. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, but no, my parts were definitely, I had n no funny. It was more like a complete, um, a bit like that being alone in silence. I yeah. had to, I learned a lot. Um, um, actually, just a lot about myself, mm. uh, that I can have this narrative of where I'm good or I am the victim or I am always the, uh, but actually inside of me is the capacity to uh, be everything. And yeah. so there can't be, it's almost like the minute you make an enemy, you, the minute you call somebody an enemy, that that is inside of you. Yes, you, and it shuts down. Yes, this. you are the enemy. If you're yes. calling someone an oh, enemy, yes. do you know what I mean? There's only like, one of us here, there's only one of us here. Yeah, there's only one of us here. Yeah. So that is what I learned. It took a while to digest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, how did you give yourself permission to go there as an actor in, in doing some of this really deep, deep work in this show? Yeah, well, hmm. A lot of reading. I read a lot of books. Uh, Are you working from... with a, a, a coach or anything? No, 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 no. Oh, we don't do that here. <laughs> we don't have the money. No, we don't. It's not in the economy. <laughs> there are no coaches. Uh, no reading. Reading about uh, history, about survivors of the Holocaust, um, about trauma, uh, memory, when you forget things. I could kind of identify with that a little bit. Uh, we also filmed in Ghana, which is... Did you? Yeah, that's where we filmed all the scenes in Congo or Rwanda or wow. in Ghana. Mm. And that's where my parents were born and lived and came here in their 20s. So that's where I'm from, but I'd never been there before. Wow. You're first generation. Yes, I'm first generation. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if doing this work sort of summoned uh, some deep-rooted stuff that was that you maybe have inherited from your parents, your grandparents. Absolutely. It was, yeah, especially just it was... Kate's first time going back, and it was my first time going back. And Kate is the one who made Kate your is mother. the character. No, this oh, is me. Okay. So my character goes back to Rwanda for the first time, mm -hmm. and that was me going back to Ghana for the first yes. time and went to shoot it. And uh, it was it, it was actually uh, amazing in many ways because I was around so many people that looked like me. Yes. So you can where I live here, yeah. that is not how it works here, right, right. and it's it's fine. But it was kind of like whoa, everybody here looks like me. That's yeah. kind of like wow. Twilight's are yeah. trippy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I love that it, everyone's so friendly. It's great. And then uh, sometimes I would feel just kind of looking out, I, I'd kind of try and reimagine my life mm. uh, and go, well, what if my mom didn't leave? Yeah. And actually just seeing how, um, uh, you know, actually I, I really saw the the pros as well as the mm -hmm. downside. So yeah, we've got a blessing we're in the West, but actually um, there is a happiness uh, mm. in Ghana. There is a happiness in Ghana, mm -hmm. um, maybe because all of the, the the stuff that we have here doesn't get in the way, but it, it is happening in Ghana. It will soon kind of Did be you feel just a like here. Did I feel a connection? I feel connected anywhere I go, to mm -hmm. be honest with you. Right. Yeah, I've been everywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. I haven't been everywhere, but everywhere I've gone, <laughs> I'm like, there are, I, the globe is like, it's yeah. one globe, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, there's humans and 
I connect everywhere I go. So I wouldn't say there's this big, like, story of me going home and suddenly, magically, I can speak the native tongue. Like, <laughs> it's just been in me all along. No, you know, I was just in a great country, you know, yeah. like when I go everywhere. Yeah. How long was the shooting schedule? Uh, we did two blocks of... Just for Ghana or the whole thing? For Ghana. Uh, two blocks of three weeks. So it was together six weeks. That sounds like math, but... Uh, oh, six, six, six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks, right. A month and a half. A month and a half, right. Yeah. And yeah. was this the toughest uh, uh, acting job you've ever done? Yes. Really? Why? Uh, it was long. All in all, the shoot was nine months. Oh, dear. Long. How many pages a day? Oh, I don't remember. Oh. I don't and you were know. playing... A person, an actual person. An was it? Was it based a on a real? Oh right! No, 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 no. It's, okay. Oh yeah, it's all—it's fictional. The Got whole it. thing mm-hmm. is fictional. Okay. Um, it was hard because it was so. Uh, uh, a, he's really smart, the writer. Right. And I honestly wouldn't know what was going on sometimes. Like I'd be like, "So where am I? Yeah. Before I shoot this scene, how do I feel? Because right. I don't know where I am." Yeah. It was so um, complex, all the different stories woven together, but also it was so heavy. It was yeah. so heavy, and I'm used to being the life of the party. Yes. You know, like Bryce Dallas Howard's episode of Black Mirror. Yep. I was like turning up the <laughs> film till four a.m. I was. Yep. It was their last day. I was there for one day. I was like, guys, I'm going to make this the best day of your life. Yes. But this, I couldn't be life of the party. Right. Like I can, so, you know, every now and again, I have to just kind of go somewhere else, let it kind of wash away. It was really tense, uh, but amazing because I, I got to play this. Also, damn, she was so smart. She pronounces all of her consonants and her vowels. Oh, She's really about like the, the speaking and yes. making sure everything is heard. Yeah. Uh, she could speak French. I had to do scenes in French. Oh, in France, two French people, oh. like, like a monologue just in French. To French what? people. How long did that take to um, Well, I had to, I had to, rehe- I, mean, I prepared for it. I don't know, I like like a month oh of like goodness. preparing for this. Yeah. Then I had to dare, you know, I thought I have to ask these French people yeah. because I can't, you know. I and know, they will tell you, they have no wrong. problem nope. saying, uh, bitch, uh, you yeah. was wrong. Yes, and basically that's what they said until the scene was done. <laughs> <laughs> I never achieved it. I never achieved it, but I appreciate the feedback. It was like, it's still not right, is it? Yeah, let's just do it again. It's never going to be right. <laughs> and um, the, the writer is Hugo Blick? Hugo Blick. And is it is it Blick or Blip? Blick. 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 Mm. And he did An Honorable Woman. That's Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yes, it yeah. is. And so how many of the episodes did he direct? All of them. Oh, you did them all? Oh, yeah. He writes every single word. How can you be a showrunner, a writer, and a director? That's how, you know what? Yeah, that's how, that's kind of, that's his way. He writes every single word. So there's no room. There's mm. no room of people giving him, he writes every single thing. He directs every single scene. He exec produces and he's in it. Wait, wait, what? what? Is he Jamaican? No. (laughs) He's half Jewish, you know. (laughs) Blick doesn't sound Jamaican. Well, I just, you know, the old joke that Jamaicans do so many jobs. Oh, right. I I don't even know this joke. Yeah, no, it's just that they, you know. It's a Saturday Night Live thing. No, no, it's uh, uh, Living Color. Living Color thing. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's great. So, uh, Black... Earth Rising yes. is actually streaming right now on Netflix. It is, it is. And you can see that. What's, what's um, Chewing Gum is not on Netflix right now. It's not on Netflix in UK. the UK. It is so in America? So it's always, it's on everywhere else in okay. the world. Yeah. Why? Black Earth Rising is not in the UK either. Oh. It's not in the UK. No, this is like, just like the wars between like broadcasters and oh, SPOs and streaming. And rah, rah, rah. Yeah. 
But, um, uh, you know, for our listeners, you got to look for both Chewing Gum and Black Earth Rising yes. and uh, and whatever else you're coming up oh, with because yes. you are so talented, so lovely. And it's interesting because, you know, relative, you, you've, you've blown up in a relatively short amount of time. Mm. You're going to have a very long career. Oh. Now, now a career as a beauty queen. Yes, Ruth. Because Thank you, you look Gorgeous. Stunning. Thank you. You should always, always do this. I, I'm going Go to have for the to drag, take Chili with me all the time. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go for the drag. Yes, I, I probably should. When in doubt, drag it out. That's oh, right. I like it. Well, Michaela, thank you, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. And uh, Michelle, until yes. next time, my dear. Yes, darling. Bye. Bye. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself. How in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get a name, man? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Hey.